welcome to the force unscripted y'all it's your boy nikita i have been an avid fan of star wars essentially for the majority of my life uh i absolutely love reading you guys can see behind me that there's plenty of star wars books star wars paraphernalia lightsabers out the ass i've got 26 and so um, my expertise kind of lie on the Legends timeline. I have watched some of the Disney, well, most of the Disney stuff. Haven't read much of the Disney books, but I do enjoy Star Wars in all forms, no matter how trashy the Disney sequel trilogy is. Uh, but uh, that is essentially me. I will probably be focusing more on the Legends timeline in all of my dissertation of the Star Wars content that we'll be talking about, essentially. But outside of that, I'm going to introduce you guys to my wonderful co-hosts, starting with my boy Hobbs here in the bottom right. Uh, so Hobbs, take it away. How's it going, everybody? Uh, I am Hobbs, Monster Hunter extraordinaire, usually. But uh, definitely a good, big fan of Star Wars. Um... As for where my expertise falls, I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. I dabble in a little bit of this, dabble in a little bit of that. Mostly, I'm mostly an old-school uh, TIE fighter player. Um, and I'm sure we'll have an episode where we get into that, and it'll be very exciting to talk about. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, So yes. <laughs> Maybe, perhaps. <laughs> so 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 let's 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 go on to our um our our our, our other our other person here is he a person uh, is he really is he really a person wow i do we're, not, we're like that. I do not <laughs> mean to channel jeff goldblum by the way <laughs> uh well nice to meet everybody uh mac or astral either one works uh, i've watched star wars through pretty much my whole life i definitely am a big fan of the game and then goes his internet. You you oh. kind of cut out after game, but go ahead. Uh, and then he cuts out again. <laughs> uh, what did I say? Uh, I pretty much played most of the games, and uh, Old Republic era is definitely my jam. Definitely big my favorites. And um, yeah, I think that's about it, at least for right now. At least oh. for right now, while we while we yeah. work on your uh, your internet connection. <laughs> uh but yeah, so basically to. Today's episode is going to be focusing on one of the newer series that Disney has just dropped, uh, which is Andor, and it has been a wild ride. Um, it's been really good. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the Star Wars timeline is essentially the formation of the Rebellion, um, mostly post order 66 kind of things because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in the galaxy at once and it's always an interesting time period to talk about one thing that i really love that this series focuses on is sort of the normality of these characters that uh you know we tend to not necessarily deify, but we hold in a high light because, oh, they're a character from Star Wars. They're infallible to some degree. And, like, I absolutely love, like, the humanization of some of these characters. Like, you, what you see in Andor specifically, uh, and, and one scene that I really like is Cyril, the corporate sector deputy inspector who loses his job basically kind of pursuing an end that he should just definitely not be pursuing and then getting scolded by his mother in her kitchen and it's just a 
it's a really funny scene to me because we've all been there where our mom has been, oh, you should have done this. Oh, why didn't you do this? Oh, look at how this turned out exactly like I said. And I think that that's something that's absolutely hilarious in regards to the entire series. Hilarious is that my mom and I talked about that. She even said, Haha, didn't that remind me of you? And I'm like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> just, just please stop. No, that was definitely a, a mom and then the other thing that i like is uh so basically mon mothma is a character that i that i grow to love in legends you know at some point she becomes the chief of state of the new republic so she's definitely like this figurehead and i guess the one thing that was really cool about andor is that they kind of made me see that she was fallible because like it just to give you some like background in legends Mon Mothma, as chief of state, is trying to repair relationships with the Imperial Remnant, which is essentially um, an empire without an emperor. And this one dude, like, at a party, throws a drink in her face while she's talking to him. And she contracts this, like, nanovirus that's, like, inside of the drink. And she basically ends up on her deathbed and ends up pulling through because of a Mon Calamari Jedi who ends up being Akbar's niece heals her. But even in the face of all that, she still tries to put on a front, like, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm here, and I'm going to do my job regardless of what's happening. And that's something that I feel like they're, they're, they're moving towards in the Andor series that I really enjoy. Because you can still see like, oh, her home life is kind of a mess. You know, she doesn't necessarily trust her partner. Her partner seems to not be on the same page as her. Her daughter is going through the rebellious teenage phase. You know, it's, it's a lot. But you see that like these characters are still human. They're still cool. They're still badass but they are they are susceptible to human nature as we all are yeah it's definitely a very interesting take on star wars and something you like to see very often um i i enjoy it for one because it shows that like not everybody's you know actually as invincible as they seem up here you know um it shows that they're they're that they go through some of the exact same things that happens in real life and that, you know, that's still a very, you know, big subject in a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We, you know, you would think that because it's fantasy that they don't go through these things. I would like to think that in a fantastical world, they don't go through those things. But obviously I'm right. wrong. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's like, no, no, people scale of Star Wars. Yeah, it's like, no, no, people get depressed. Like, we actually saw Obi-Wan depressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that I've, I've liked about these series. Um, I wouldn't consider Obi-Wan a supporting character by any means. But, like, as far as, like, the Andor thing is concerned, like, Cassian, I never expected, when I, when I first watched Rogue One, I never expected to have a series about Cassian. But seeing his story and seeing basically him be introduced to the fledgling rebellion and kind of all the work going behind it is just really cool you know it's 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 a seemingly mundane story but it has so many levels of complexity to it and that's just something that i really do enjoy about andor in general you know that that that's kind of been like the whole well i don't want to say the whole premise of the show but it's it's definitely been like a big aspect you know like these are 
normal everyday people who are just trying to fight an oppressive regime and they're trying to do it in the way that they know how or the way that they think is best because we all know Saw Gerrera super militant and then, yep. you know, Mon Mothma super like, I'm going to try to do these through my diplomatic processes. Um, and you see that like, they don't always get along. They don't always, they're not always on the same page. And it's, it's really reflective of how real life can be, especially when you're trying to plan something. I mean, like even thinking about this podcast, trying to get everyone on the same page to get recording, you know, is it took a long time. It took a, a while to get everyone on the same page, everyone thinking the same thing and stuff. And, and, you know, you can see that come through in just so many different things in life and in Andor. Another thing that I wanted to kind of talk about too is just the empire itself. Uh, I I don't know what it is about I mean, me and Hobbs were talking about this earlier. I don't know what it is about Star Wars and empires, but every empire in Star Wars has some degree of racism and or misogyny. And I just, I don't know who in the, or both. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Both. Definitely, definitely both, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who in, in Lucasfilms or, or, or wherever in the Star Wars planning room is like, you know what? If we have an empire, they got to be racist and hate women. <laughs> I just think it's, so I mean, funny. it's almost like there's, it's almost like the, 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 um, they're supposed to be, it's almost like they, they turn into space Nazis. Yeah, I, I would consider Palpatine's regime space Nazis. That's that's yeah, accurate. no, no, that's Palpatine's regime for sure. That's why I say they turn into like space Nazis because yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. it very much has to do with this like painting a very clear black and white image of what like the Empire is supposed to be, which is not good. <laughs> yeah, like they're clearly supposed to be the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, and they and very you, much you, are so. You know that that always interests me too. Because one perspective that you get from the books, or at least the Legends books, like I can't vouch for Disney, is the fact that like a large majority of the galaxy did not care that the Empire was who was in charge. Because there are there are multiple accounts of many planets thriving under the Empire, which they talk yeah. about in Legends. Because in the Imperial Remnant, like these are planets that have chosen to stay under the empire because the empire has regulations for a reason. They have a, a very cutthroat military and Navy, you know, they've, they've got the plan and resources to provide for their planets that you may not agree with every law. You may not agree with every regulation, but they do take care of their people. It's just that star Wars movies and star Wars series never really show that like the empire. Like I, I I'm not trying to defend the empire. I'm not trying to defend the space Nazis. I promise you. But you sure? I'm positive. I'm positive uh, because Palpatine is a, just a a galaxy-brained evil bastard trying to rule the entire universe. But there's, a, why I prefer, there's like, a reason why I prefer the Sith Empire. Yeah, and see, like the facilities of the Empire are effective. It's just a fact of the matter. They may not be effective in a positive light, but they sure as hell are effective. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a positive light or not, like, they are retaining a pretty good amount of order considering they run the whole galaxy. Like, we see in Andor, like, you have <laughs> these military, like, militant uh, 
like population that um isn't necessarily like these devout imperials that you typically would think of and like hard to really say that they're all bad and necessarily right i mean yeah that, that's definitely that's definitely the case like because you know like down to it just like just thinking about numbers they're not all bad people <sighs> There's a, in the Legends timeline in the Legacy of the Force series, Luke Skywalker has a confrontation with his son, Ben. And Ben basically is saying, you know, you killed people. You killed millions of people on the Death Star. How do you know that they were all bad? And Luke has like this inner turmoil because he's like, you're right. I, I, I don't know. I they, they probably weren't all bad and I, I can never defend that. But the service of my act was in for the greater good of the galaxy. And, you know, you've, when you see it in a light like that, like you start to think like, oh yeah, like, you know, there's obviously gotta be some good people in the empire, just as there, there, there's gotta be some bad people in the rebellion. It all just depends on, you know, your perspective of the conflict. Yeah. Um, like I, st I, I still remember seeing the whole, uh, like I've seen pictures depicting uh like what the empire felt when the first death star was blown like like you see the the, the wall that kind of sort of looks like um the memorial from uh, washington dc but it's like for the empire and you see stormtroopers like looking at it and crying yeah that's that's basically to the same effect um and uh nobody really thinks about that either because it's just like they're the bad guys you know but it's just like what if they weren't <laughs> all, all the bad guys and um you it's interesting that um they they kind of sort of start they're starting to like bring that into uh it kind of sort of into fruition um uh, i think through a few of, of different series that we've seen i think um mandalorian somebody defected or something like that <laughs> you know like you had people that that were in that were in the empire and was just like the hell are you doing <laughs> you know yeah and and that's that's one thing like i said i i really do love the sort of what's the word i'm looking for like just just seeing how the inner workings of the empire itself are the bureaucracy at, at you know at play at work and um i i cannot think of her name the uh, deidre is it is it deidre miro god their names are so forgettable <laughs> they are there's just, <laughs> there's, really just, are. <laughs> there's just so many of them. <laughs> but she's basically the imperial and she's trying to basically follow this this hidden trail that she sees to try to find this rebel cell that she knows is out there but she just simply can't prove it and you see the inner workings of bureaucracy at action like she's trying to access this information but this other guy who is also in the isb is like why are you trying to climb the ladder? You know, you should make sure the ladder is stable before you try to climb it. And he's not worried about her being effective, but instead of going, you know, through to trying to help her, because obviously she has the good, she is the good of the ISB in heart. He's thinking that she's trying to usurp him or just usurp someone in general so she can move up. And I think that that is, that is like the empire, imperial bureaucracy like to a T at its core right there. And it's just absolutely, it's, it's awesome to see, but it's also, <laughs> again, it shows off just the overall misogyny specifically uh, in the empire 
uh, of them seeing a woman and she being the only woman in the circle and how much of a struggle it is for her to simply do her job because that's what she's doing. She's just trying to do her job. And because of the way the bureaucracy is structured, the way that she is perceived, it is. It seems like she's trying to go after something, some some hidden goal, some ulterior motive. When she's just literally doing her job to try to make sure that the empire that she serves is protected, safe, and maintained. You know, and I just think this just always gets me. It's 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 really funny to see. There's always some character that has to do something by any means necessary, even if they have to do like the dirtiest thing just to make just to ensure the protection of whatever they're working for. Um, that happens quite often in, uh, especially in Star Wars. My God, <laughs> on and and on both sides. Okay, it's not just the Empire. It's happened on on the on uh, the Rebels or the Republic side too, where you get some scumbag that's like, "I'm doing this for." the uh for the good of the republic it's like but yeah you're like a little bit of a jerk <laughs> uh, uh, and, <laughs> thank you yeah. They, yeah yeah so he's just that's... he's so militant he's like we've got it's blood for blood eye for eye fire for fire right yeah <laughs> he's very much one track mind that's for sure very that that is very much true and it's 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 funny to see because I, I consider, like, you know, he's an extremist. And I, I definitely consider him an extremist. But it, it's funny because I also consider Mon Mothma an extremist. She comes off as kind of like a centrist. And I feel like they're moving more towards her being a centrist. Um, I don't know if yeah, you saw okay. the latest episode, but when she's, like, discussing it, um, like, her tactics with, uh, with Tay... Uh, at the at the dinner that they're having at um, her place of residence, um, I, I feel like they're moving her more towards centrist because when you think about Mon Mothma, she is technically an extremist. Like she wants to go full pacifist. She wants to take the diplomatic means to try to find a solution to all of these problems. And like you, it doesn't seem like it's an extreme view, but it is. You know, like the far left compared to Saw Gerrera's far right, where he's like, you know, we've got to attack this base, we've got to steal this payroll, we've got to make sure that they can't, you know, ship this amount of supplies to wherever they want to, to whatever depot or whatever. And so I just think it's amazing that we get to see the dichotomy of. The rebellion, essentially, and 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 not just like the dichotomy of a developed rebellion, because this isn't too far after you know the end of the galactic civil war. It's like it's it's still fledgling, you know. They haven't even they're, they're still developing their networks and stuff, and you already see that it's immediately the big players are not all on the same page. I, I think uh, jumping off of what you said a little bit earlier in that was like. They're both extremists, but on like the literal two ends of the spectrum, and it's just something that you kind of have to like. The rebellion is going to go through this phase where they kind of try to figure out the best way to go about that and like work through that, because like obviously having Sagarera just do his thing is not necessarily the best, <laughs> as uh, I'm sure we'll find out later. I'm sure. I sure hope we do. Now, one thing that I yeah, uh, hopefully. I, I did want to talk about for sure. Um, I just, just talking about the Imperial payroll heist in Andor, I just have to mention this. 
because it's it's so funny. Like I I I was I was so happy. I was like, okay, Andor's with this group. They're gonna try to steal this money. They going for that bread. They finna get this bread. And there's two cool black guys. You know, and it's weird. It's because like you know, like for the longest time, Billy D. Williams was like the only notable like black person in Star Wars. And now you have all these people playing significant roles that are black. And I was like. Yeah, like, like, cause the heist is going well. Everything's falling in order. I'm like, this is gonna be amazing, and there was absolutely no Deus Ex Blackina for me. The black people still died. They pulled the horror movie trope. I was so sad. I was like, you know, maybe, maybe these black people will survive and get to see the fruits of their labor. Nope. Star Wars ripped that rug right from under me. <laughs> <laughs> I one hundred per I one hundred percent called that uh GTA Star Wars. <laughs> that, that was just that was just I was like this is just a GTA heist in Star Wars and I'm here for it. <laughs> I was so sad. I was actually so sad. I was like they could have been so much. Also, another small thing in Andor that I really appreciated was like they 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 really. <laughs> they really pulled a snitches get stitches move by killing Tim Carlo when he snitched on on Andor. <laughs> like he snitched and then like okay the thing about snitching is if you're going to snitch don't feel bad about it cuz that makes it worse. And then he just gets murked. Like I was like, Dude, yeah. Like <laughs> my boy shot him like he was a RoboCop. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. I had to actually, I had to actually rewind because I was like, "What the? F what happened? <laughs> it happened so fast because he was like mid sentence and then pow!" I was like, "Bro, it really does show you that like jealousy really can be a bitch though." Because like he simply did, he simply did that because he thought Cassian and Bix were doing something behind his back, like putting your nose in someone else's business and and not knowing what's going on and making assumptions and. and, and like what what does assuming do it makes an ass out of you and me and he ended up dead yeah. because of it <laughs> yeah oh man and then i, I really sat there and was like shame <laughs> yeah. yeah honestly i shame. uh i i'm really excited to see where it's going i actually don't know how many episodes there are left in this season do you guys know um are we we're in seven or eight i think i think it's it's either nine or twelve I think it might be nine, but it might be twelve. It's one of those two. As so long as they don't pull a Kenobi. Most of the end. Oh, no. there goes Max Internet. Sure. <laughs> oh, he's actually just a ro he's just just full on roboting right now. It's great. <laughs> but uh, it, was there any other uh any other plot points or any other stuff about about Andor that you guys maybe wanted to mention? I know like people were really curious about the Kyber Crystal, and I know that um. Mac was really excited about the the reference to the Rakatan Empire, but I I guess they that was just kind of like a small little um, Easter egg or, or whatever for for fans of like the old Republic and stuff. I don't know if they're actually going to develop that any. Probably not. Um, I mean, you saw Star Killer's armor. Yes, uh, I'm so glad you armor. mentioned that. Yes, I'm so glad you mentioned. I saw that and I had to go back and rewind twice. And I saw I was like, okay, Luthen. I see you. Um, I see hold you. On, hold on, but then, but then, but then, dude, but then, dude had the the the, the stones from uh, the Temple of Doom, and I was like, 
Wait, for real? <laughs> oh, now that I didn't notice. Yeah, he had like if you there was it was like on the on the shelf. You see the you see three of them. They're brown, and I was like, "Are those from Temple of Doom? How does that work?" <laughs> so does that mean that Indiana Jones exists in the Star Wars universe? Because like we know ET does, but does that mean that Indiana Jones also does? I'm not sure, but it was an interesting <laughs> Easter egg. It was definitely an interesting <laughs> Easter egg that they threw in there for no reason. I definitely thought it was cool. Yeah, that's the same. That you know, honestly, that's how I felt about like Star Killer, like the little the Force Unleashed. Yeah, um, but I was still happy nonetheless. Like seeing that just made yeah. me really happy. I was like, oh snap! I forgot that existed. <laughs> like it was so like that was cool. Yeah, that was one hundred percent cool to see. And I totally, I totally pulled a Leo when I saw it too. Like I was just sitting back and I was like, oh, whoop. <laughs> oh man um i was uh, for it was definitely interesting to see um that he came that he um came from that cassian came from like this tribe of um i forget what they're called but it was i was like wow they're like really tribal oh like yeah. they're, they're I, tribal I like, see, like he walks neither did i i was like whoa he 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 was he was in a tribe what? so how, I, i'd love to see how he transitioned to them well they kind of sort of showed it with him they're uh, uh they're casa right is that what it yeah. is yeah something like that but uh that was that was an interesting that was an interesting uh twist at least to see like his origin story so so to speak you know yeah you know i actually there were parts of that that i really did appreciate especially because like a, what was it a, a republic frigate crashed on the planet yeah and yeah. he lost uh i guess like the leader of the see okay now that's the part that i'm confused about is it essentially like a children of the corn cult, like where it's just all kids and no adults? That's what I that uh, either that or it was like Lord of the Flies, but like I mean I think either way there was no adults, but um like I thought that's what it was. Was there any other plot points that you wanted to mention? Nothing that I can think of off the top of my head, at least. Like we did, we did mention the Rakan Empire thing, but yeah, I think that was just kind of like a callback more than any sort of plot point, at least as it stands right now. So okay. Oh, I am excited to see where it goes. Cause I, you know, the one thing I want to know, cause I, I want to know if this is going to be a multi-season series and if so, where does it stop? And I want to know how they're going to close out this first season too, because I don't know if I would absolutely, I don't know if I'd be able to handle it if it's just on a cliffhanger. There's so much up at, up in the wind right now. Um, like I, I know I'm, I'm sorry if I'm doing any kind of slight spoilers for you guys. Cause I know you guys haven't caught up yet, but Cassian being in jail, kind of cut off from the world, him being hunted by the two people that survived the Imperial heist with him. And, you know, it's just a, it's a lot of stuff at once. And I really, I, 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 I'm usually, when it comes to Star Wars series, I'm able to predict where I think that they're going to go, where I think, you know, this is going to end. And I have absolutely no clue about that right now. So I was I was wondering if you guys had any assumptions or any ideas of where things might be headed right now. I mean, I kind of sort of predicted he was going to be in jail. <laughs> I, I, was like, I, I, was like, I don't I, agree I, with I how like, they did that, honestly. I really don't. I, so I'm have to an episode behind you, but I honestly, going into it, had zero idea of what was going to happen. It felt a little I mean, haphazard, honestly. 
Mm. I'd have to check it. I'll have to when I when I view it. I'll definitely get a have. I'll definitely have a better opinion on it, of course. But like, I was just like, I'm sh- uh, when I when you meet him in Rogue One, you're like, okay, yeah, this dude has had to have gone to jail a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's been he's been through the system more than once. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm excited That's to it. see to see where it goes you know um we'll probably do a, another follow-up on the andor stuff once it's once the season has finished um and kind of get all of our thoughts together on anything but you know that's basically all that we have with the story so far all the i've, I've absolutely loved all the intricacies like I've, I've mentioned you know the sort of what we kind of see as mundane aspects to these great star wars characters lives uh the intricacies of you know the imperial bureaucracy bureaucracy that that's such a hard word to say um you know the internal misogyny and stuff um the stuff that we've seen from the different views of these people who are trying to get a coalition together against the empire um and so you know it's this this series has been nothing but excellent in my opinion um there's a, a you know obviously there's a couple of discrepancies but i'm going to walk into it with an open mind because you know they they still they still got time it's not the season finale yet so maybe they can close off some of these these holes that i'm seeing uh but you know i i it's been an excellent story so far especially as someone who loved rogue one like i think of of all the movies that disney has put out I I would put Rogue One essentially near the top, um, if not my favorite one that they've put out. It's it was just a great movie. I know Mac disagrees, and we're definitely gonna have to have an episode about yeah, Rogue One. <laughs> but I, uh, like, I really I do agree love with Rogue you. One. I, I I agree with you. I just don't think it's better than Empire. But <laughs> yeah, no Empire Empire that... is the best. Episode five, episode five, but supremacy no. all the way. <laughs> but no, I one hundred percent love Star Wars Reach. I mean Rogue One. <laughs> it seriously when i watched it i was like I, I i was seriously when i was watching it and it was no, it was no way meant to bash it but i just sat there and i was like holy crap i just watched halo reach yeah to an extent kind of to an extent that was basically that was basically star wars it's halo reach so i did yeah. look it up there's 12 episodes of andor so we still have four, four. more episodes looks like okay. but i i do agree like Especially not being the biggest fan of Rogue One, I was really pleasantly surprised with how it's turned out so far, and I definitely am like really, really interested to see how it ends up. Like I usually am up every night to watch the episode right when it comes out too, so I'm definitely interested to see how it goes and uh, if they do end up doing multiple seasons, kind of where they go from there. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen. But if anyone in the chat has any questions in regards to Andor. Star Wars in general, maybe you want to target your question as specific. Like if you have a question for Hobbs or you have a question for me, feel free to go ahead and ask. We will leave the floor open for a little bit so you guys can get in whatever Star Wars questions that you may have. Uh, but for the most part, that has been the small little first discussion of, of Andor so far. Uh, we will most likely do a, another episode, um, probably once the season is finished. And we will have our fourth member with us for that. He couldn't make it for this one, but Tiger will be there. And so we'll have a fourth person to kind of go off of. And hopefully Mac gets his 
terrible internet fixed by then, or at least finds another alternative. <laughs> Sorry okay. to pick on you, Mac. It's fine. I'm used to it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so. so question from Alex Roca TV. Who is the most cake character, Vader or Yoda? It's got to be Vader, man. Anakin was so ripped, like uh, uh, insanely ripped. He had to have he had to have them cheeks clapping in the wind. Like there's definitely no way Vader. Yeah, like maybe like you could you could technically say that maybe some of the fat on his cheeks got burned off on Mustafar, but there Yoda got a flat ass. I just know it. I just I just know it. I just absolutely know. No, 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 no. See, Vader, Vader's mostly metal. Whereas Yoda, Yoda spent the last like twenty years of his life just vibing in Dagobah. Like that dude's gotta be caked up at this point now. So, so one thing that's funny. So, um, Disney canon confirmed that basically Yoda, when Luke comes in Empire, is high because of his guy. Of course stick. he is. I, you know, but it's so funny because when I was when I was younger. Like, cause I saw the, I saw the originals first and then I saw the prequels and I I could never understand like why Yoda went from being like this goofball. Cause you know, he knows who R2 is. And then you go back and you see him in the prequel and he's just like completely different. Like he's this calm Jedi mass grandmaster trying to like hold the galaxy together and yeah, for then real. all of a he's sudden, really... <laughs> yeah, he's just completely different. But I, I always thought he was just high off that Dagobi and Kush, but it was just his Geimer stick. He was just high off Geimer stick. <laughs> I want to try both of those. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first time Yo, for everything, right? You know, one time Dagobi and Kush does sound does sound kind of fire. Actually, that Dagobi and Zaza. <laughs> Dagobi and Zaza, yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. All right, let's see. Yes. So your Yo- derp has a question for all of us. He says, if y'all can only get one dark and one light side power, which two will be in your arsenal? Um, so I will actually, I'll let, I'll let Mac go first. Mac, what's your choice? That's tough. I, Force Crush is definitely one of my favorite abilities of all time. That is just so badass. And then as for light side, that's a really tough one. I probably have to go. I forget what the max level is, but night speed. Like there's um that one is just, and this is just me coming from Kotori playing those games. But yeah, I think I would have to go with those two, like night speed and then force crush. Both of those are just so incredibly useful, and, and force crush is so badass. Okay, those are some good answers. I hadn't even thought about those honestly. All right, what about you, Hobbs? Um, oh, that's very, very easy for me. Uh, Force Scream, being that I'm a monster hunter, I would definitely channel that. And, um, probably, like, something simple for light side, like Force Push or something like that. I feel like Force Push is, like, neutral, right? Yeah. Right, I feel like it's more neutral, yeah. Um, okay, well then, if we're going, like, actual light side, I don't know, maybe, like, uh, healing. (laughs) Yeah, Force Heal is a good one. Yeah, force heal, but like I definitely want to. Uh, I would definitely use force scream to roar like a Nergagante. So, <laughs> see, I was for the light side ability. I was thinking about force healing, but like force healing to Jedi is basically the same as like channeling the dark side for the Sith. Like it really does take it out of you. But of all the light side powers, I you know what actually. I would take like the lightning absorption, the the kind of thing that you see uh, Yoda do in Episode Three versus Palpatine, where he channels the the Force lightning on his hands. Like I would take and that as my light side power. Yeah, essentially. And then <laughs> as far as my dark side power would go, 
I would I would probably take Sith Battle Meditation, honestly. Um, we see Same. it in Legacy of the Force, and Jason Solo, one of the one of Han and Leia's uh, twins, um, is able to like essentially take a small force and overwhelm a planet just because he's able to feel how everyone in in his armada is feeling and kind of influence them and nudge them and you know like one time someone because i i you guys know i play league of legends one time someone asked me unfortunately exactly one time someone asked me like if you could make your own amateur team like your dream amateur team what would it be and i like i know it sounds egotistical as hell but like my answer was like well if it's me i would just choose to clone myself four times and just have a team of me because you know that we're all thinking the same thing and, and you know it's that same um aspect for the sith battle meditation you know if you're all on the same page and you're all gonna try to do the same thing with the same kind of force behind you no pun intended but pun intended i just think that that's a really cool dark side ability if not that then definitely force lightning because i just want to shock the out of people and just no repercussions yeah <laughs> like for, like that would be my other if i was able to choose to that would be my other one yeah <laughs> so i was picking crush for storm would definitely be mine but battle meditations a light and dark side ability so no but i mean specifically sith battle meditation like that specific okay. one like it's a little bit different because like in the well at least in the legends is different because luke can't do it but like jason when he becomes a sith lord can i don't uh, know much about the powers from that era but like basila knows battle meditation and then in kotar 2 you can learn it and it is a light side ability but like this is the first time i've heard of the sith battle meditation though so i think they might sure. be slightly different but I'll have to do a fact check on that and come back to you. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on the difference between the two there, but I do know that it is both light and dark then. And okay, now so I want a mod where, force, where the Force shout sounds like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. <laughs> That'd be good. I mean, like, you have the Force. You, you could. I mean, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi simulates a crate dragon, so what's stopping you from being a T-Rex? Right. Right. <laughs> So Alex Roca TV uh, has another question. Uh, what's a Disney canon element, plotline characters, etc., that you guys actually thought it was really good or interesting? Hobbs, I'll let you open on this one. Mando, Mando was just like it for me. Like that was that was I was like, okay, that's he's a cool ass character. Um, actually, him and uh, the other the uh, the character that uh friggin' um, Apollo Creed plays. And yes, I called him Apollo Creed because that's who he plays in Rocky. <laughs> but um, I thought they were awesome. Um, just a lot of people from Mandalorian I thought were pretty amazing. I really want them to... I want them to redeem Finn so goddamn bad, but that's just a fever dream right now. <laughs> redeem who? Finn. Finn. Oh, Finn. Okay, okay, okay. How would they, re how would even, how would they even go about redeeming Finn? Exactly. That's why I said. That's why. I was like, that's, why I, that's why I said it's a fever dream at this point. <laughs> what about you, Mac? What's been your favorite Disney canon element? It's hard to say. Like, I probably go with the characters because there's um, there's the one character in Mandalorian played by uh, Bill Barrett who like he was like the perfect example of what like a redeemed stormtrooper or whatever like could have been like like kind of jumping off what we were talking about with Finn, and then like. Like, the Bad Batch is, like, my favorite Disney one that they've done so far, and, like, it, all the characters in that are just done really, really well. 
like none of the characters feel out of place for the story and like they don't feel like they do things that would be like uncharacteristic to their own character so i'd probably have to go with that the plot on some of them is not the best like the plot of bad batch kind of is kind of weird but i do really really enjoy the show and i think that a lot of it is based off of just like the characters and the relationship that they have with each other and like how it all feels genuine to the character within like the realm of you know the show and, and Star Wars as a whole. Is Bad Batch Bad ah, is Bad Batch getting another season? Yes, yes. it is. Okay, good. Cause I I don't know about you guys, but like in my top characters, like in my top five, Boba Fett is in my top five. And so getting to see um Omega and like how she kinda like I wanna know more about her. Like that's that that has been my favorite part about Bad Batch. One hundred percent I'm one hundred percent team wrecker. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm definitely a fan of Wrecker. The fact that Wrecker like smashed somebody's helmet and literally cracked it open is so funny to me. Like, yeah, he <laughs> is. Dude, headbutt of this poor fucking shock trooper and got a skull is, cracked. He's literally the Ed from Ed and Eddie of Star Wars. Like, no, yeah, one hundred percent. And I love him, and I love him for it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but my favorite Disney canon element, if anything, I'd have to say in like and no meme, Vice Admiral Holdo because uh, hard ass. I, of of <laughs> of all of the the sequel trilogy, I honestly enjoy the Last Jedi the most for a lot of reasons, but primarily the cinematography. And the scene where Holdo light speeds into the Mega Star Destroyer, sacrificing her life to buy the Rebellion time, will always forever live rent-free, not only in my heart, but in my soul. Like, that, I just think that that scene was, was beautiful, but it was a very admirable sacrifice. It was very well... I thought that it was probably like the best part of the movie of course i didn't i didn't really like leia being able to survive the vacuum of space but we're not going to talk about that but uh, nobody did (laughs) uh, nobody did the scene the scene where 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 holdo goes light speed into the mega star destroyer was absolutely badass and i will forever stand her for that sole reason while we're on the subject of people surviving in the in the uh, in the vacuum of space, I hated how they did my man uh, uh, Akbar. They, I was like, okay, I was like, oh, oh, okay, so he's just dead. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Ak- Akbar, like, Akbar is one of my favorite characters in the timeline. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, the plot of the New Jedi Order is essentially an extragalactic threat comes and basically sweeps through the Yuzong Vong, right? Yeah, the Yuzong Vong. And one of my favorite scenes that because everyone at this point everyone knows who Akbar is, you know, one of the greatest admirals of the rebellion, you know, just still this overall still cool, like served literally served the new republic until he could not serve anymore. And at this point when the Yuzong Vong attack, like he is so old that he cannot leave his home pools like he has to stay constantly hydrated constantly in water he has to be take taken care of by one of leia's old aides named winter and it's funny because the new republic is just struggling versus the yuzong vong and they go like akbar has got to be like in his like 70s at this point just really old you know he's battered and they go to him and they're like this is the situation and this is what we've been doing and this hasn't worked and 
Admiral Akbar kind of sits there and goes, hmm, okay, okay. He listens to them. And he's like, I know how to beat them. And they're all like, what? He was like, yep, I know how to beat them. And literally, so after that, he's like, I will, I will be a consultant to the New Republic Army and we'll beat the Yuzong Vong. And so basically a message goes out to the entire New Republic fleet. And it's three words. It's Akbar is back. And the entire fleet celebrates for three days. If that's not clout, if that's that not clout, clout, that's clout. <laughs> and, and too oh bad he doesn't, he doesn't survive God. to see his plan come to fruition. Like he passes away like two months before they end up beating the Yuzong Vong. But because of his strategy, because of his plan, like he has won another war for the galaxy at bay. Like, I just, I was like, it's just, this is just amazing. It all, whenever I think about that scene or about that, 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 that period in the Yuzong Vong war, when you just you see, seeing the words Akbar is back and celebrating for three days is just absolutely incredible. It is. That's, that's cool. That's, that's counted. You love to see that. Yeah. You love to see it. All but, the time. uh, I don't see any more questions. Uh, so it looks like we're probably going to call it there. We don't have a set firm date on what the or when our next episode is going to be so stay tuned but we look forward to putting out more episodes and like i said next time when we come through we'll have our fourth member mr tiger he is a another really cool dude very avid star wars fan and then i just want to give a small thank you to you two hobbs and mac it's been a absolutely wonderful experience getting to talk star wars with you guys and i cannot wait to continue to do more um, as we move forward from here on but that is it everyone uh, we will catch you guys next time thank y'all so much for being a wonderful audience and until the next podcast may the force be with you all and we will all catch you around <laughs>